are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in James in chapter number four. Last week on Sunday night, and I'm not going to be in a series, but I want to stay with the same subject. He prayed again. In chapter five, he prayed again. You just keep on praying. I wish I could tell you, after almost 50 years in the ministry, I wish I could tell you how prayer works. I don't know. I wrote a book on prayer, and I don't know how to explain it all. It seems like these prayers get answered. And it seems like some things I've prayed for do not get answered. I was pondering some of the things that I prayed so fervently and some things for decades. And I prayed and and now, not only were they not answered, but they cannot be answered. The scars are so deep and the wounds are so deep and the situation has changed so desperately that it, it cannot, it cannot, it cannot come to pass like I prayed. I don't understand that, Brother Bertram, I hear you. I don't understand that. But I'm just gonna keep on praying because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But I wanna come to you tonight on the subject, on this thought tonight of no answers to prayer. I've had some prayers not answered. I prayed for years and decades that God would give us multiple acres. And for 31 years, we were on one acre of land and grew every year for the first 25 years by 100. One acre of land, 38 parking stalls. Never could have the whole crowd in the auditorium and seat about 11 to 1,200 and would have people in other rooms, multiple services I'd preach for years, for over a decade. Then God gave us this six and a quarter acres. This is not a lot of land compared to a lot of churches in America, but this property and that, we own a little over seven acres in the heart of the Silicon Valley. That's a miracle from God. I can recall walking around this property This building was here, not these porches. This is a loading dock here. There wasn't a two-story here. And it was a computer company, Stanford Applied Engineering. And none of this out here, none of the roads, none of the curbs, none of the sidewalks, none of the fire hydrants, the buildings that are around here, none of it was here. The owners gave us permission to walk around this property like they walked around Jericho. And we would walk around this property for days and for weeks and for months and literally for years asking God to give us this property. We would pray. I can recall the weeds that were here. You get stickers in your socks. The men would as they walked around and prayed. Then God gave it to us. What a miracle it was. And it was God's doing. I wanna just keep on praying. I don't wanna charge God foolishly. When God doesn't answer the way I expect him to answer, I have to realize that his way, as Vanessa's saying, is perfect. God's way is perfect. I don't know what God's gonna do with me this week. It may be a stroke, 
a heart attack, a car accident. It may be something else. God may take me tragically this week, but you know what? God's way is always perfect. I don't understand it. I'm not saying it's exciting all the time. I'm not saying it doesn't bring tears and sadness, but God wants me to pray. But I don't want to hinder the answers to prayer. I look at some people's lives. They depend on my prayers, and my prayers are no more powerful than your prayers. I don't have a special potion that I can put on you. I'm not some priest that can forgive your sin. I'm just, just like you, flesh and bone. bone. Now, it says in chapter five, Elijah was a man as like passions as we. I'm, I'm ashamed to tell you, I have fears. I'm troubled. I'm disillusioned at times. I'm betrayed. I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm not always filled with the spirit of God. Those things happen because I'm human just like God's people. So no, I go through doubts also at times, but that is not of God. God wants to answer prayer. Notice in your Bibles tonight in James chapter four, verse number one, from which, uh, in the, it, it, you know, I was gonna have you stand, but you're all cozied in there with your blankets, so maybe just, just stay there if you feel like you need to stretch. Uh, go ahead, you can do that. From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not even hence of your own lusts that warn your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not. There's our verse. Ye ask and receive not. Ye ask and ye receive not. Because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, knowing not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. Our Father, I pray your blessing on these moments together for the safety of the people in the cold. I pray that I would be quick in my message tonight. But oh God, may it do something very special is my prayer to help us on the journey of life. For it's in Jesus' name I pray this prayer. Amen. I don't always understand God. I do not understand what he's doing. Perhaps you're like the one that you pray and pray and God doesn't answer your way, then you're mad at God and you're upset at God and you're gonna boycott God because God didn't come through. I have literally knocked on doors in these 45 years pastoring this church and this community where people say, I'm done with God. I prayed and my mother or my dad died. I prayed and God didn't come through. No, I do not believe in God. No, I'm not talking to God. It's an amazing thing. We treat God like a genie in a bottle. As long as he's doing what we want and what we command, hey, 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 God, come on down, take care of this. And we almost are blasphemous in the way we treat a holy God. God's way is perfect. God's way is always perfect. It's dangerous to attack God. It's dangerous to, uh, 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 several years ago now, had to be uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, I was praying for something, and then the answer came, and it was exactly opposite. And I said, oh God, I don't understand you. And immediately, immediately the Holy Spirit of God smote my heart. I fell on my knees immediately. I said, oh God, I am so, so, so wrong. 
I'm treating you like you have to bow down to me, but I mean to bow down to you. And right now, I apologize so very much that I treated the holy God, the God of all gods, with such disrespect. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't understand why, but why doesn't God perhaps answer some of your prayers? What was the last prayer you can say God answered? I like to consider at the close of the day, did God answer some prayers today? Some things I met God in the morning when the day was at its best and I came into his presence. When I prayed, I could look back and say, God answered some prayers today. Some prayers from today or some prayers for this week or prayers for this month or prayers for this year. I prayed so much for this COVID situation and you know what? I can see where God has specifically in my life answered prayers for me. I can see it. I don't understand it all. I don't agree with it all. I don't like it all. But the truth of the matter is I believe that God still is answering prayer. Now I wanna say tonight, why, why do you pray and he doesn't answer? I think we need to look not so much why God doesn't answer, but have I hindered God? What, have, what am I doing that perhaps is causing the conduit to be blocked up that I cannot penetrate the throne of grace? Because he said I have the right to come boldly to the throne of grace, Hebrews chapter four. I'm a child of the king and I don't have to back up to the throne of grace. I can come boldly in his presence, I'm his child. Now why, why no answer to prayer? One, could it be strife? Could it be strife? Look at verse one and it's talking about prayer here because ye ask, the hub verses three, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And so what is it? Well, verse one, from whence come, what's the next word? Wars and what? Put them together, those three words. Wars and fighting. From whence come wars? He's writing to these, these, these people that are scattered because of persecution. And because of persecution, it may have been something like COVID. But whatever it was, they were persecuted and they were scattered. And they were being scattered for the cause of Christ. And they, people did not want God. They did not want to retain God in their heart. And the nation was turning against them. And because of that, what happened instead of turning to God in prayer, they began to war and fight against one another. Notice what it says in verse number two. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, here it is, ye fight and war. God's house, God's people should not be where we are fighting and warring and having strife with one another when there's strife between Christians, one another. You're, you're in strife perhaps tonight with your mother and your dad. Don't expect answers to prayer. You're in strife in your marriage. Don't expect answers to prayer. You're in stri strife with your in-laws. Don't expect answer to prayer. You're in strife with another Christian. Don't expect, you're jealous or envious because they're successful and you're not. And so what you do, you trash that person to everyone else. That's wars and fighting. Friend, you can get on your knees, you can fast, you can do what you wanna do, but don't expect answer to prayer. God cannot answer prayer when there's wars and fightings. That's why he says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. When was the last time you had answer prayer? Well, I, I, can't, I can't think of an answer prayer, someone says. 
Well, go back and check. Has there been wars and fighting? Psalm 133, verse 1. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. I'm so grateful for the deacons of the church. They're the officers, the trustees of the church. If you, For those that don't know that word deacon, which is just a servant. About 35 deacons. They've been elected by the church. I'm so very grateful for you. And I work with these godly laymen. But may I say something about it? In 45 years, we've not had a war or strife with the deacons and deacons meeting. Anything we've ever presented to the church has been unanimous. And if we have to, and sometimes one particular issue, we had to wait several years because we could not get a unanimous decision. And there was always one vote against it. And that one man voted against it, voted against it, voted against it. And finally, after about two, three years, he said, I believe it's time to vote, and I'm gonna vote with you, man. And we voted, it was unanimous. I didn't get mad at him. I didn't get frustrated with him because I believed him to be a man of God. And I believed he was a representative of the church. He was given to me as a servant from the church membership. And you know what? We waited and waited and waited because God wanted us not to move forward and get that man upset and get them all upset and leave the church. God wants us to have unity amongst the brethren. Isn't it amazing? The book of Acts, the church is multiplying and growing. Historians say there's maybe as many as 100,000 people that were claiming Jesus Christ as Savior there in Jerusalem. And it was an amazing thing and there were threatenings and all these things happening, but the church continued to prosper. And then all of a sudden, Acts, Acts chapter six, there arose a murmuring of the Grecian widows against the Hebrews and they began to fight within themselves. Do not allow anything to cause you to fight with another Christian online or in these little sub-verses sub type ways that, well, just pray for them. They've got real problems, you know. That's war and fighting, and if a granddaughter or grandson's in the hospital tonight clinging for life and you're not right, don't expect God to answer your prayer. I don't know what night will be. Perhaps it'll be tonight that some member will call and say, I want to pay, beg you to pray. There's been a Situation, awful car accident. My grandkids have been taken to the hospital. And that has happened. Pastor, will you pray? You know, those grandparents, thank God for them. They don't have the time to try to get right with all the people they have made enemies with in their life. They've said things that are unkind. There's envy and there's strife and there's division. Notice what the Bible says in chapter three. Go back. Chapter three, verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 16 of chapter three. For where envy and strife is, there confusion and every, every evil work. Don't expect to have prayers answered when there's strife. Don't expect prayers to be answered secondly if there's sin. There's a word that's used in verse one, two, and three. That's the word lust. And lust is just unreined, unbridled desires. It might be for money. It might be for position. It might be for notoriety. It might be for prestige. It might be it's unbridled toward a man or toward a woman that you, you just, I, I, I'm married, but I just need that person right there. I want that person. That God calls that lust, that sin. 
If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Psalm 66, 18. Don't come to God with lust in your heart. Just uncontrolled desires. I've got to have this, got to have this. I need this, I want this. I need this job. I need this money. I need this position. I need this bonus. I need this. And if God doesn't come through, we get mad. The problem is there's lust. Notice what he says in verse number one. From whence come wars and fighting among you, come they not hence even of your own lust that war in your members. Ye lust and have not. Ye ask, verse number three, and, and, and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Sin is such a wicked thing. I get discouraged with my life how easy it is to sin. I think if you're honest, you'll get discouraged with yourself also. God's word says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, sin that does so easily beset us. You have sins that are easy for you to commit. And I think how in the world, how in the world could that be a, how could you be brought into that? That doesn't even appeal to me. But I have sins as well because none of us is without sin. And there's certain things that easily beset us. Perhaps your sin is fear. And you govern your life out of fear. Perhaps it's, you're always envious over somebody else has what you want. Perhaps it's easy to be discouraged. And, and that becomes the part of your life that it's easy and, and you get overwhelmed with discouragement. And God says, all of that is sin. I can't come car by car, tent by tent, or you can't come here and say, okay, pastor, here's your, here's your sin, here's your problem. Here's the battles of your life. But you know and I know about myself. And you know about yourself. Some it's laziness. You can't even get up to read the word of God and pray. That's a sin. Some of it's never depending upon God and seeking God. Some of it's you never want to serve God. You don't want to tithe. You don't want to, and I doubt if that's the case here in this great, great outside auditorium tonight. I doubt if you were, would, would want to even be here if your treasure wasn't here. But we all have sin. What I'm going to ask you to do this week is would you please identify the sin and the sins that so easily derailed your life. When I face God in the morning and I face him through the day in prayer and I fall on my knees, so many times I try to through the day and sometimes I'm walking. I went by the cemetery again this week to get in there. It's still shut down. I love to pray in the cemetery. The uh, trail that I like to go on the, out to Albiso to the salt flats it's been closed, all of COVID construction is still closed. I love going out there, riding a bicycle and just walking and praying and talking and singing and getting along with God. I have to find places to pray where I can just pour my heart out. I don't wanna to pray to be heard in my office, so I do pray in my office. I like to get my car and just start driving and pray and seek God. But I tell you what, friend, all of that is useless if I regard iniquity in my heart. My sin, that's why we confess our sin. Not to me, please don't confess to me. But we confess our sin to God.
What hinders prayer? Strife, wars, envy, fighting. What hinders prayer? Secondly, sin. What hinders prayer? Thirdly, slothfulness or laziness. Watch what he says in verse four. Ye adulterers, ye adulterers and adulterers. Let's go to verse two. Ye, ye, ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have. Ye cannot obtain, here it is. Yet ye have not, here it is, here it is. Because ye ask not. May I ask you, and I, I'm the pastor of the church. I should pray more than any person here. That's my job. You have hired me, Acts chapter six, verse four, to pray and to read the word of God. That's my job. But do you pray? Here you left your room this morning. Did you think to pray? Are you praying? Are you praying? Young people are here from around the country and other countries of the world going to college now. Are you praying for your church? Are you praying for your pastor? Are you praying for your pastor's wife? Are you praying for your little sister, your little brother? your older brother, your older sister, are you seeking the face of God on behalf of this one? I know of so many that pray in this church. I know so many people that go without a meal or two meals or three meals or a day or several days just pray, fasting and praying and begging God because this kind, this miraculous kind, Mark chapter nine, verse 29, comes about by prayer and fasting. I've watched people, I could see at times, and they don't do it to be seen. I, I could see they're losing weight, it bothers me. I know they're carrying a heavy load. I think of you dear mothers and dads, maybe your son is a prodigal son or a daughter, prodigal son, and maybe they're given over to drugs or to drink and all these different things that can be so luring to the young people and, the, and to older people as well in this world today. And you go to bed tonight with a broken heart. Oh, my friend, do you pray? I'm afraid so often, God, please get rid of COVID. Bless the food. Amen. That's our prayer. And again, I wish I could say I'm just the model teacher before the people of God tonight. I know we have so many prayer warriors in this church. But this kind cometh about by prayer and fasting. How sad it is that they're so lazy. They said, we don't even ask. We don't have time to ask. We're too busy to ask. We're too tired to ask. James 5, 16 says there needs to be a fervency in prayer. I wonder what would happen with Golden State Baptist College if some young man and some young lady began, began young ladies would get a fervency of prayer. Got him a freshman. But I'm praying that you would, in the next four years, give me so much from the word of God and instruction that I'm ready to go out to the mission field. I'm ready to go to a pastorate. I'm ready to go become a youth pastor or whatever it might be that you have for me. And that I'm ready to go be a, a Christian school teacher in a school across America, around the world. I'm ready to go serve you, God. I'm ready. I'm, I'm on. I'm ready. Fervency in prayer. But you don't come up to your senior year the last week and say, now God guide me as I, I leave here. It's too late. There should be something going on. 
You dear people, Saturday night men, this next Saturday night at men's prayer, you'll see it. We're praying, we're praying for these young people in our Christian school, elementary, junior high, high school, and college, that God would do something in their heart that they would that we would pray for their lives and pray for their teachers and pray for their parents that they'd be raising them up for God. When was the last time you fasted? You did without a meal or two meals or a Jewish fast from sun up to sundown. You just did without food and you got alone with God when you should be eating and you're just praying, oh God, my marriage is a mess. Oh dear God, intervene. My health, my strength, my family, my prodigal son or daughter. When was the last time we fasted? When was the last time we had early morning prayer? That's in the word of God. In the word of God is all night praying. When was the last time we prayed in the nighttime? When was the last time we went to a mountain as Jesus did and prayed? I went to a seaside and prayed. When was the last time that we continued in an attitude of prayer all day long, men ought always to pray and not to faint? Men ought not to gossip and complain and gripe and be mad at God, but be in a constant spirit, men and women, of prayer. Hey, I want to say tonight, when was the last time that you stayed after church? Perhaps not tonight, I don't know. But two of you ladies just got together and said, let's just pray about this. Let's not talk about it. I don't need to know all the ramifications. I don't need to know all that's happening. But would you just pray with me? I can pray without asking questions. I don't need to know everything. When was the last time that you prayed on, uh, somewhere? There's three things we see. One more and we're done. I find that one reason God doesn't answer prayer is because of strife. Another is because of sin. Another is we're just too lazy to put the energy into it. And number four, because of self. Because we increase and we decrease him. But John 3.30 says he must increase, I must decrease. Notice what the Bible, look at all the personal pronouns in me and, and, and I and you, as he talks to him in verse number, verse number one of, of, of chapter four, notice all the yous. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust? That war in your members. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, and ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, knowing not, know ye not that the friendship of this world is enmity with God, whoso therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye, do ye, Think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth the envy, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Dethrone yourself. No to self. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not just happy. I'm not happy about life. I'm so lonely in life. I'm so this in life. Uh, my, uh, we don't have kids. We want kids. We have too many kids. We don't like our job. We don't like this area. We don't like America. We don't like what's going on. We don't like our church. We don't like this. We don't, we don't like what's happening. We don't like our age. We don't like how we look. We don't like our weight. We, we're all upset about us. We are so into ourselves. 
But Jesus, who left heaven, he became sin for you and for me. He said, I will decrease my position, who I am, and die on a cross from mankind that I created, and they could slaughter me to death on a cross because I love you so very much. Father, forgive them, he said. Would you please decrease yourself? We have many in our church that you're experiencing the empty nest syndrome. You're not the first to go through it, and you won't be the last. And there is an adjustment, but I want you to know, friend, don't think that you're sacrificing so much. We've had several weddings this year already here on this parking lot. And as we have these weddings, I always ask the same question every Friday or Saturday when we have a wedding. Who giveth this woman to be married to this man? And they'll say, her mother and I. When I say who giveth, that means there are, they are giving away their child to another person. We raise our kids to release them. Well, then stop bemoaning the fact that they don't talk to you like you want them to. When they need money, they'll call. You'll get over it. I've watched people have their kids go into full-time ministry to serve God, and they're, and they're in the ministry now, and their parents are upset because we're so lonely. Well, maybe you ought to fall in love with Jesus again and fall in love with your mate again. I'm talking about the fact what hinders prayer. I wonder if I can invite you this week to take inventory. I'm not getting my prayers answered. Well, then don't look to God and attack him. Could I ask you to look within and say, is there strife in my heart? Is there wars and fighting in my heart? Is there envy and jealousies in my heart? Is there sin in my life? Is there slothfulness and laziness in my life? Is there self that I've magnified myself? And instead of serving God and others, it's all about me. I want you to have answered prayer. And I beg you to pray that I'd have some answers prayers this week. Prayer is coming to God with things we have no control over. But he who flung this world into space can take care of every need. God answers prayer in the morning. God answers prayer at noon. God answers prayer in the evening. So keep your heart in tune. Let's get, let's get some answer prayers this week. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.